Thank you so much, Noah. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Clayton, and I'm the lead pastor here at Central. And I'm so glad that you guys are here with us. And thank you for those of you watching online uh, today. Today's going to be, um, man, uh, it's going to be a hard-hitting day. And I, I'm, I'm, we finished the first service. I'm ready for this next service and what God has um, for us. So I want you to be ready. So make sure you take out your phones, scan the QR code uh, or iPads, whatever you have, so you can follow along um, with uh, today's message. I've been out of the uh, pulpit for the last couple of weeks. I just want to say thanks to Noah and Ben um, who, who uh, led us the last couple of weeks and uh, preached their hearts out and uh, gave me a chance to, to take a break and also to get ready for what's coming um, this month in this new um, sermon series. I'm 41 years old, but I can still remember some of the things that I did when I was 18. Anybody like, think back to when they were 18. Man, those was, was good times, you know. Um, one of the things I remember about when I was 18 is I had an opportunity. I don't know how this happened because you guys know me. Uh, but I, I had the opportunity to go to West Point at the United States Military Academy. And so um, I finished, I graduated from high school. And during the middle of summer, we're going to go to basic training at West Point. And my whole family, my mom and dad and my sister, who was who's older than me in college, we uh, took, took a little break and we went up to, to New York. And they're going to see me off uh, in, into West Point. And so I bring with me um, just a duffel bag. That's all you could take with you uh, to basic training and to college. I mean, can you imagine that? There was no U-Haul trailer. Um, we weren't doing all that. We weren't decorating the dorm room. I mean, it was just... There you go. That was it. And so the very first day, uh, they, they bring in all 1,000 cadets with their families into this big auditorium. And the upperclassmen cadets are running basic training. And so, man, they're just schmoozing all the parents. My man, hey, oh, so glad you guys are here. We're going to take care of your little one. It's going to be fantastic. You're going to love it. And then they said... All right, you have 60 seconds to say goodbye to your family, okay? I'm just like, ah, everybody's crying and hugging. And I remember um, we, I got in line with the rest of the, the cadets, and we, we uh, had our bags, you know, in our right hands, and we start just to walk out. And they take us out this back door. And as soon as that door closed, my life completely changed. Like, uh, I mean, it went from like, hey, high-fiving everybody to, I mean, just full-on boot camp, yelling at you in your face. It was, it was insane. And the reason I tell you that is at the very beginning of basic training, it, it, went, it was in your face. And at the very beginning of 2024, I'm going to get in your face today. Okay, you're welcome, all right? Because we're going to talk about your health. We're going to talk about my health and your health and the health of this congregation. A couple weeks ago, um, I got shingles, and you, if y'all were here last week, I came up here and did the announcements and, and talked about uh, shingles, and so I, I had a beanie on my head because I was embarrassed about my hair, and uh, so um, just this is just me being real today. You get me um, with all my hair. This is the longest I've gone in 20 years uh, without shaving. I mean, it's, it's, it's not good, okay? Um, but I had shingles on my head, and so I can't shave. Doctor said I couldn't shave. I went to the dermatologist, and the dermatologist lady said, um, have you been stressed out um, lately? And I'm like, oh, yeah, 2023 was a little stressful. Um, and they said, she said, you're probably stressed out with a combination of your immune system, for whatever reason, was lowered. And that just kind of triggered um, shingles um, in, in your life. It just kind of happens. And I tell that story because this is the truth. In 2024, 
you're going to be stressed out. Whether that's with work or with family, in relationships. And since I'm the pastor here, you know that we're going to be stressed out here. Like I'm going to, I'm going to cause some, some stress um, in your life. I mean, the reality is, is that this year, just with our church, is going to be pretty stressful. I mean, here pretty soon, in the next couple months, we're going to begin construction, renovating this entire place, building on all this new stuff. It's going to be a stressful moment. We're going to have to leave this place and go to a smaller place for worship for a, an extended period of time. You're going to be stressed out. So, the question is, are you healthy? Because when you're unhealthy and stressed out, that's a bad combination. So the question, again, are you healthy? And so what I wanted to do this this next month is um, I want to introduce you to some detox supplements, okay? Um, So this this month, we're going to be... uh, providing some detox supplements to everybody, okay? And we're going to be looking at ways that we can detox from some things in our lives. Y'all know what, what detoxing is, right? Detoxing, here's a good definition. It's a, a process where someone abstains from or rids themselves of unhealthy toxins to improve their health. So you got toxins in your life, you want to you improve your health, so you got to get rid of those things. And the truth is, is that toxins are not just in your body. They're also in your mind in your spirit, and in your relationships. Think about this. Your your emotions can get toxic, can't they? I mean, your attitudes can get toxic. Your relationships can be toxic. Your physical health, your body can be toxic. Spiritually, you can get toxic. And so this month, this is what we're going to do. We're going to deal with the toxins in our lives in a biblical way so that you can get your life back. Because the reality is every single one of us, we want to live differently probably than the way that we are living right now. And I'm, I'm excited about the sermon because I'm preaching all day today to myself. There's some things in my life that I want to do differently. There's some toxins that have come into my life that I want to get rid of. And so I guess we need to start off by asking this question. What's in your life that shouldn't be there? What's in your life that shouldn't be there? You and I, we live in this world. We're not, as Christians, to be separated from the world. We are in the world, and we are created for the world. We are the the mobile church. We are the, the temple of God. God does not want to dwell in this building. He wants to dwell in you. We have this responsibility in life. The problem is our world is pretty jacked up, isn't it? Isn't it? It's toxic. And so here's a, if you're taking notes today, this would be a, a great beginning question. With all that said, how does a follower of Jesus Live as God created you to be in a toxic world. How do you do that? What does that actually look like? You see, God doesn't want to just be in your life. He wants to be your life. But to fully experience God and all that he has to offer, something has to change. Something has to change in your life. And so what we're doing today is we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, this is going to be like our theme verse um, for today. But here's what 
the Bible says. It says, because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit and let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. So it says, hey, let's cleanse ourselves of some things that are not good in our lives. And on the reverse of that, let's work toward complete holiness. What it's saying is if you want to make a difference in your own life, in the lives of the people that, that you love, something has to change. Something has to change in your life. Because here's the problem that I think all of us need to just uh, confess today. There are toxins in my mind. There are toxins in my mind. You may be like, that sounds like a weird thing to say. Every single one of us has toxins, things that should not be in our mind that are in our minds. How do, how do I know that's true? Because the Bible says that about you. Look what Psalm chapter 13 says. It says, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Man, isn't that not true? Is that not like a life verse for some of us? You know? Hey, come on. That is so true. Check your mind. Are you, are you pleased with your thoughts? Is God pleased with your thoughts? You can be 100% saved and still have a dirty, wandering, selfish, and greedy mind, can't you? Come on. The truth is, is you're not alone. Look to your left and right, okay? <laughs> Every single one of us. Uh, we're, in the, we're in the same boat, right? And there's biblical heroes in the Bible that, man, they're, they're in the same boat as us, which is comforting in, in some respects. I think, about, I think about David, a man after God's own heart. Man, look at his mind and the things that he decided to do. Man, it was, it was he derailed his life. I think about Paul. In Romans chapter 7, Paul kind of describes all of us. He says, I no, I'm not supposed to do these things, but I can't help myself, right? I know I'm not supposed to think these thoughts, but, but I keep thinking these thoughts. It's this, this battle that's going on in my mind. And he says that in Romans 7, and then the, the very next chapter, here's what he says. He gives a solution to that problem that all of us are facing. So Romans chapter 8, Paul describes something. Look what he says. So letting your sinful nature control your mind Here's what it does. It leads to death, okay? But letting the Spirit control your mind, it leads to life and peace. There's this difference. There's this battle going on. You have death on one side. I'm not talking about a spiritual death if you're a believer in Jesus this morning. What I'm talking about is this, this idea that, that your life can be completely wrecked, even if you're following after Jesus. Death or life and peace. That's what's at stake in our minds. It's this tug of war. And so you've got your spirit. If, you're, if you have, at some point in your life, if you've trusted in Jesus, if you were at one point trying to, to make your way into heaven, make your way right with God, and then, and then you decided, because of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you trusted in Jesus. The Bible says who, who came and lived on this earth, died on the cross for you, rose on the third day, the Bible says when you believe in him, then you are saved. And if you are saved, you have this spirit that has been cleansed inside of you. Amen? That's good news. That's good news. And it's like a tug of war. It's, that spirit is, is pulling the rest of your life towards holiness and towards God. But on the other side of the rope is your mind. 
and your mind is this dangerous playground. And it wants to, to pull you to a dead life. And your mind is not the only thing on that rope. At the very end, at the anchor is Satan, okay? He's wrapped the rope around, right? Um, and the world as well. And they are pulling as well. They've teamed up to rule your mind. And the way that they do that, the way that Satan does that, the way that evil does that in our lives is by bringing in toxins. So Paul, he's going to go on and describe a little bit more in Romans chapter 8. Look what he says. He says, for if you live by its dictates, you're going to die, okay? A worthless life, a life derailed. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Put to death. you got to put them to death. And that's hard. And honestly, that's the hard part of detoxing, isn't it? If you ever detox from something like in your life, it's hard because something has to be put to death. There's something that is attached in your life, and it's got to, it's got to be gone. And we don't, we don't want to do that. It's some of those things that become our pets, you know? We've got a little pet carrier, and we just carry them around, right? No one likes to put their, their pet down, do you? Anybody? Getting, everybody getting emotional out here, right, with pets? Some of you all have pets that you kind of just wish they would, they would go, you know? Like... You wake up in the morning, and you're there on the floor, and you're like, are they breathing? Come on. And they, oh, they took a deep breath. Oh, they're still, they're still hanging around, right? Whew. Sorry, that's terrible. But it's true. It's true, okay? It's true. But some of us have pets that, man, the idea of putting them down just that devastates us, you know? It's, it's hard to put them down. It's hard to say goodbye. I, I was, <laughs> my family's going to hate this, but... Uh, um, our, our, our dog, our Black Lab Scout, he's getting older, and um, we were putting up Christmas presents, and, or press, press, putting up Christmas decorations. And uh, he was in the living room the other day, and, and we were um, putting stuff up, and I had a, a pillow that was like the exact same size as, as Scout's torso. Like, it just, just fit perfect. I mean, it was perfect. And I was just, had this weird thought of, like, tell, told Holly, man, when Scout goes, maybe you could just put the pillow in there and like like keep him right you just stuff him everybody thought about stuffing your your favorite pet I mean come on everybody my weird oh, come on right. I want to keep him I love that dog right I don't want to say say goodbye to it and the truth is is that we have some some toxins in our lives that we love we hang on to them if you really want your life back you may have to grieve the loss of some of those things a great way to say this is this, that detoxing is tough, but it's transformational as well. It's not going to be easy, but it can change your life. And you can have results in as little as seven days, right? Just like, like they say, right? Right? Hey, have, y'all ever, have y'all ever juiced before? I'm not talking about steroids. I'm talking about like, a, like, a, sorry, like, like juicing. Um, I, I bought a juicer a, a while back, a long time ago, and go to the grocery store. And you, like when you're juicing, man, you just, you just fill up your cart with like vegetables and fruits. And when you're checking out, they're like, what are you doing? It's just weird. And uh, you're like, I'm juicing. They're like, ah. And so you go home and you got all this stuff in your, in your kitchen. And you start throwing them in the machine. And it, it's spitting out like beet juice and cucumber juice and celery juice and kale juice and all this stuff. And you're, you're, you're drinking it. And. You know, the first day of juicing, you're, you're all in. You're, you're motivated. You're like, I got this. Nothing's going to stop me. And you're, you're juicing and drinking. But by day like three or four, 
like your world changes, okay? You start to feel terrible. I mean, just absolutely terrible because there's toxins in your body that are literally having to, having to, to get out, okay? I'm just going to leave it at that, all right? So there's some things going on, right? And, and it's, just, it's just tough. And your body is so used to those toxins, it doesn't even realize how bad it actually feels and so until those things begin to flush out of your body. And so you've got to just power through and you keep doing that. But here's what's great about, about juicing. By about day seven, something happens. All of a sudden, your body is cleansed of those things, and the juice actually gives you, it was crazy, it gave you so, gives you so much energy, like clarity of mind. I remember my, my mind was not foggy anymore. I was so excited. I didn't even need coffee anymore. Man, you see Clayton with coffee, just imagine Clayton seven days juicing, like, whoo, let's go. I was, I was excited about life. But I had to get through some of the difficult parts of, of juicing. And here's what I want to do. I want to challenge you this week. I want to challenge you this week over the next seven days. Will you detox your mind with me? I need something to happen in my life in 2024, and I think you do too. Over the next seven days, will you, I want to challenge you, will you detox your mind with me? You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, the, the, the passage you looked at, talked about how we need to cleanse ourselves, Okay? In Romans 8, it says we need to, to put to death some things in our lives. So let's get really practical in 2024 about that. And whether you're detoxing physically or mentally, you've got to know yourself. You've got to understand yourself. So let me describe you, okay? Isaiah 64, the Bible says you are clay, okay? And, the, and, and God has molded you for a purpose, and then if you move into the New Testament, 2 Timothy 2 says that you are a, a vessel that has a choice. You've been created and shaped by God for a purpose. And you have a choice to either be used by God or to be useless, even as a believer in Christ. And Satan's goal for Christians, because he cannot touch your soul, guys. That's good news. He cannot Ruin your soul. Your soul has been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. But Satan's goal is for you to become useless. A useless Christian. He wants to pull your life into mediocrity. Into rebellion. Into apathy. Man, it's almost nothing worse than an apathetic Christian. I think Jesus said something about that in Revelation, right? He can't touch your soul, but he can touch your mind. And I would say that his greatest tool is distraction. Satan wants to distract you from being used by God. Y'all know what distractions are. Here's, here's a good definition of distraction. It's an irrelevant, when irrelevant tasks occur that interrupt goal-driven behavior. Distractions are irrelevant tasks that interrupt goal-driven behavior. And man, that's exactly what distractions are. I mean, think about this. New Year's resolutions. Everybody's got them, you know? A lot of us in this room maybe have these New Year's resolutions about working out every morning. I'm going to do it. 5 a.m. That's when the gym opens. Here I go. The problem is we get distracted 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night watching Netflix, don't we? A 
an activity that's irrelevant, that's actually keeping us from some goals we have in our lives. And so that morning rolls around, and you're like, I'm just too tired, maybe tomorrow, okay? And then tomorrow turns into May, and you haven't done anything, right? That's what happens. Some of us have these spiritual goals, like, I, I want to read the Bible through this year. Yet every time you get your Bible out, you also kind of get your phone out, you know, after like you read a couple of verses and you're like, oh, let's see what's going on, on Instagram, right? And, and you, you get distracted and, and derailed from some things you actually want to do in your life. And this is the battle for your mind. Y'all get that? How many of y'all like to go fishing? Any, any fishermen, anglers in, in here? Some of y'all will be like, you know, I've heard this before. Man, fish, are, they're just, they're smart. They're smart. They're crafty creatures, right? I think fish are really stupid. I mean, think about that. Fish are idiots. I mean, they're just living their life, you know, swimming around. And all of a sudden, something kind of shiny catches their eye, doesn't it? Right? Like, here we go. Come on. Something like, like a little lure like this, right? Okay? A little lure starts swimming by, and it's, it's shiny and shimmering. It's got that... The little rattle in it, and, and these fish, they see that. And, and here's the deal. This lure has, has no value for that fish. It's not going to feed it. It's not going to help it, but it thinks it does. And so it goes, and it grabs onto this lure. It gets caught up by the lure. It gets, you reel it in, and if you're a nice, you know, fisherman, you, you put it back in the water, you know, later, whatever, right? And so you put it back in the water. You know what the fish does again? The same thing. Fish are stupid, Right? Fish are stupid, but, sorry, sometimes so are we, okay? So what I want to do is I want to look at a, a couple of distractions and then maybe a solution or a challenge for each one of those distractions. Here's the first distraction. I think you and I are distracted by the lure. You want to know what the lure is? The lure is anything that pulls you away from Jesus. Anything shiny in this life that pulls us away. I found the greatest fishing verse in the Bible. Okay? Has nothing to do with the disciples. Okay? <laughs> has nothing to do with them on the sea. Here's, here's what James chapter 1, verse 14 says it says, Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Is that not a good fishing verse right there? Okay. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a fisherman's verse. That's what fish do, right? They're enticed by something and it drags them away. And the same thing goes for us. Sometimes we are so distracted by that shiny thing. I mean, our, our world is just a, a world full of distractions, isn't it? And we chase after those things like, like a lure, and then they drag us far from Jesus and the life he has for us. And I'll say this, one of the biggest distractions, the, sorry, the biggest lures we have is digital distractions. What you think about that? Digital distractions are probably the worst. And I, I'm not the best at explaining it, so I want to have you all just watch a, a two-minute video of a comedian explaining us. Check this out. <laughs> Everybody's there. It's, it's tricky out there in the airport, isn't there? I feel like I just got to stay on my phone. Don't you? Every time you're out in public, I just stay. It's like a pacifier for adults. I need it. I keep it right here. Have you ever, have your phone died or lost it and you have to look around at your reality? It's horrible. You're just in the airport. To the person who lost their shoes. Who is losing their shoes? 
I was jogging the other day, listening to a podcast, just kind of in the podcast world, you know, I was kind of living in that world. My podcast, my phone died. I looked around, I was like, should I run in front of a bus? Why am I out here? <laughs> if I listen, pull out your phone. My mom, she's one of those people like, John, hang up and hang out, John. Hang up and hang out, John. John, be present. I'm like, mother, be more exciting, okay? Get a gift. Bring it out. Get on your phone at all times, okay? That's my message. Beat the kids, stay on the phone, okay? That's my... <laughs> I need that thing at all times, just right here. You know what I'm saying? I need, I was at, like, I was at the, in the, like, if I'm in an elevator with you, it's me and you in an elevator, stay together, alone. Pull it out. Look at it. Do something. Don't, don't just stand there like this guy receiving a prayer. Just... <laughs> Get on your phone. What are we doing? I was in the waiting. I was at like a CVS. I was at CVS. I was 10 people deep in the line at CVS. The guy in front of me was not on his phone, just standing there. I called the police. Uh-uh. I was like, see something, say something, sir. What's going on here? Get on your phones. I was at a red light the other day. At a red light, looked over at the lady next to me. She was just watching the light. Just, nah, just looking for colors to change like a kindergartner. Just... I rolled down my window. I was like, hey, get on your phone. We're wasting time. It's a red light. Get on it. They'll honk when it's our turn to go. Get on it. <laughs> Is that not true? You know? It's funny because he's talking about us, you know. I never thought I'd get a, a sermon principle from John Chris, the comedian. But I do have a challenge for us. And it is this. Be present. This next week, can you be more present than you are? And Holly, my wife, talks about all the time to, to us, our family, like the idea of being present, you know, of, of when you're at the dinner table, you know. Leaving your phone, you know, somewhere, which is kind of crazy to think about. Like John Chris said, it, it's like our pacifiers, isn't it? We got to have it. It's a little binky. And the idea of not having our phone, I mean, I'd rather cut my arm off than not have my phone sometimes, right? At home, can you be more present? When you're at a restaurant, when you're going to the, at the, you're at the doctor's office, when you're stuck in traffic, can you be more present? That's a, that's a challenge, and that's hard. It might mean that we put some things down. And one of those biggest things is our phones and the digital distractions, because it is a problem. I mean, think about screen time in 2023. Gen Z, which is most of you guys over here, we always kind of, you know, rag on you guys. Y'all know that Gen Z spends nine hours on average a day on their phones or on screen time, okay? But you know what? We're no better. We spend seven hours. The average American adult spends seven hours a day looking at a screen. You know what that's called? A full-time job. That's what that is. It is a full-time job, isn't it? Did you know that if you redeemed all that time, you could read the Bible this year 30 times? There's a lot of time that we are wasting because we are distracted by that lure. Can we be more present? You see, the world says that we're supposed to be distracted. Hey, this is what we're supposed to do. But Romans chapter 12 speaks about that. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you're going to know God's will, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. The world says, do this thing. I'm telling you, the Bible says, man, you, you need to think about that. That is a toxin distraction in your brain. Something needs to change. 
can we be more present over the next seven days? Which brings me to the next distraction, which is, is noise. You and I are so distracted by the noise, aren't we? I mean, our culture is just a noisy culture. I mean, we live in an extraordinary time, extraordinary age. 300 years ago, the age was called the Age of Enlightenment, and it shaped um, our American society and this American experiment that we're all um, living in. That was, that was the thing back then. 200 years ago, we moved into the Industrial Revolution, and it shaped our economy, and it shaped society. 100 years ago, we moved into the, the Information Age, and it shaped how we communicate as human beings with one another. Now, Experts believe that we're actually moving out of the information age into a new age called the experience age. It's called the experience age because every waking moment is shaped by technology. Think about that. Your life, almost every waking moment is shaped by technology in some way. Something has changed. I mean, over the last 10 years, technology used to be um, used as a tool to help you communicate, okay? So you went from, like, landlines uh, to cell phones, but it was still just, you know, talking and communication. Um, you went from paper to, to computers, but it was still about information and working and solving out problems. You went from a radio um, to TVs, but it was still just basic entertainment. It was one-dimensional. There were these simple tools that helped us to, to live the lives that we were already living. But now technology has left in front of us, and it's multidimensional. It's no longer just a tool. We're the tools, okay? <laughs> We're the tools. It's no longer just a help to, to help us to, to live normal lives. It now shapes every single aspect of our lives. Our thoughts now are so shaped by things that have infiltrated our minds, Corporations have shaped our minds. Your political party has shaped your mind. The, the, the social media that you consume has shaped your mind. The preferred media that you listen to and watch has shaped your mind. And the computer algorithms have for sure shaped your mind. They have become our master. I mean, you know, that's kind of scary to think about. That's what's going on in our culture. And here's the deal. The noise is deafening. It's hard to escape it, but the Bible has some things to say about it. Here's what it says in Colossians chapter 3. It says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. That sounds great, but that's difficult. That's hard. That's hard to do. But we're supposed to train our minds to think about other things. Let other things influence us to be able to escape the noise a little bit. Philippians chapter 4 describes it in a little more depth. It says this, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I'm telling you, talk radio, that's not where that's at, right? Social media, that's not where that's at. Your favorite show on Hulu, that's not where that's at. Something has to change. And the problem is the noise that always is, is there and bombarding us. It's drowned out the word in our lives. And I say that because that's my story. I look back at 2023 and I miss so many opportunities to grow my relationship with Jesus because I let the noise distract me. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says here's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to meditate on it day and night. What's going to happen is what will prosper and have success if we do. Very simple. The, the Bible says, hey, meditate on the word. We, but the problem is we love the noise, don't we? 
We think that the noise is going to bring us peace. Here's how I know. If I just stand here and stare at y'all, Super awkward, isn't it? Right? Everybody's kind of like, ooh, don't look at me. Right? Just look down, right? Get me on my phone. Right? I need to do something. We love the noise. We think it's going to bring us peace. But look what the Bible says in Isaiah. It says this, you will keep, God, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. The Bible says that God is the one who will actually bring us peace. And we think that the noise is going to bring us peace peace. And so here is the the detox challenge number two for, for, for today. And it's this. Would you be willing to sit in silence this next week? Not all week, <laughs> but just some moments. That the truth is you would probably just let the noise consume you. Would you be willing to sit in silence? The problem is we fear silence, don't we? We fear it. That's why the favorite word in the English language is um. Did y'all know that? It's the most used word probably in the English language is um. Because we can't say one sentence and pause and then say another sentence. We hate the silence. We fear it. But the problem is there is peace in the silence. So we need to accept the awkwardness a little bit, okay? Be okay with it. We need to welcome the weird. Like in your car, would you be willing to not turn your radio on this week? Just listen to the Lord. When you're working out, could you work out without headphones on? No? You're like, no. You ever been to the gym? Everybody's got their headphones on. It's actually kind of funny. Take your headphones off and just listen to them. Like, ugh, ugh. They don't realize, you know, the noises they're making, okay? Because they got their headphones on. Could you go and read a book this week that is wholesome and spiritually filling in your life? And just sit in some silence this week. It's going to be hard. Luke chapter 9, Jesus says this. He says, if you want to be a follower of mine, you have to give up your own way. That's one of the hardest parts about being a disciple. Is you got to do the you know, things you want to do. you got to take a step back and say, you know what, I'm going to do something better. So I'm going to challenge you this week to, to find peace in the silence. Which brings me to the, the third distraction or final distraction it has to do with our habits. I mean, you and I, we're so distracted by habits, aren't we? Sometimes habits can be good. Sometimes habits are bad. Sometimes they're a benefit. Sometimes they, they weigh us down. But here's what the Bible says about some of our habits. Hebrews chapter 12 says, since we have so many people that are running this race together, let's strip off every weight that slows us down so we can run the race that God has called us to. You see, a habit needs to be stripped off when it becomes a distraction. Let me remind you what a distraction is. A distraction is an irrelevant task that interrupts goal-driven behavior. That's what a distraction is. Let me give you just two examples of distractions that we have, or habits, bad habits. One is entertainment, you know, for some reason, our culture celebrates binge-watching, doesn't it? You know? They're like, man, I watched all 12 seasons of that show, you know, in two weeks. You know, everybody's like, yeah, way to go, buddy. Are you kidding me? What did you do for two weeks, you know? But our culture celebrates that. 
We crave entertainment. It's why we come home from work and we want to sit on the couch and turn the TV on. It's a habit. And it's an irrelevant habit. And it's honestly keeping us from some of the goals that God has for us, especially this year. This one's going to hurt, okay? Here's the other example. How many of y'all are multitaskers in this room? Come on, yeah. That's me. Multitasker extraordinaire, okay? I can multitask with the best of them, okay? I love to multitask. And our culture celebrates multitasking as well. And that busyness is like a badge of honor, isn't it? Like being ultra productive, being able to do multiple things at one time and always got stuff, always got next project or thing uh, going on. The truth is, is that's sometimes a bad habit that is keeping us from a deep relationship with God. Let me say this. You can multitask for productivity or for Jesus, but rarely for both. That may be hard to, hard to swallow. It's hard to swallow for me. Multitasking is not necessarily a good thing, but it can be if you redeem it for the Lord. We'll talk about that in just a second. So here's, here's a great way to uh, detox challenge for those who have um, some habits that need to, need to change. Make a kill list. Not with people's names on it, okay? Let's not do that, okay? <laughs> We're going to make a, a kill list of, of, our, of our habits, okay? Another way to think about this is audit your afternoon, okay? Or determine what is distracting you. Make that list, things that are keeping you from peace. And either kill those things or redeem those things. Like, can any of y'all mow the lawn without listening to a podcast? I can't. Like, I just, I got I got to have something else going on, you know, because um, I think I'm being ultra productive. Can any of y'all drive in the car without the, the radio on or connecting your phone to your car and listening to something. It's so hard to do today. I even have a hard time just making breakfast, just staring there and just, just talking to God. I'm like, I got to do something else, you know? It's so difficult for me to not be a multitasker. But there's some things in my life that I just need to, I need to kill this week. And it's not going to be fun. I'm just telling you right now, okay? You call me on Wednesday, I'm probably going to be mad, okay? Um, <laughs> But there's some things in my life that I need to change. And I'm wondering, is that the same for you? Here's my plea to you. Will you fight next to me this week? Will you detox with me to get your life back? Can we be more present in our relationships, in the places we go, Can we sit in silence and listen for the Lord instead of listening to the noise? Can we take an audit of our lives and make a a list of things that we need to get rid of or redeem for Jesus? You see, the Bible has the answer to this battle that's going on in our minds. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, he's, he's, he's teaching and giving, giving direction to the people. And here's what he says. In conclusion, he says, I, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. That's why the Bible has those things in it, those instructions. And then he goes on and says this a couple of verses later. I am saying this for your benefit. 
not to place restrictions on you. I, I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. That's the purpose of all of this. Here's my challenge. This week, for the next seven days, will you detox your mind with me? And then come back next week. We're going to talk about your physical health. You're going to hate it. Let's pray. <laughs> God, we love you. Thank you for your word today and speaking um, into our lives, every single one of us. I pray, God, specifically for anyone who is listening or in this room who does not have a relationship with Jesus. They're not playing that spiritual tug of war of a saved spirit fighting the things of this world. Their whole self is on the other side. And I pray, God, that today might be the day of salvation, that they would surrender their life to you and believe in the name of Jesus. I pray for all of us who said, raise our hands, say, I, I, I feel 100% saved. I'm secure. But my mind is always in war. It's a battle every single day. There are habits that I have. There's so much noise around us. There's so many bright and shiny things that I think are going to bring me life, but they bring death compared to a relationship with Jesus. Help us, God, this week to be men and women, believers. We're not taking in spiritual milk anymore, but, but eating some spiritual steak this week. Flushing out the toxins in our lives, in our minds that are keeping us from a deep relationship with you. Help me, God. Help each one of us. Help us to encourage one another to tell a spouse or a friend or even me so this week we can begin to make a change in our lives. We're gonna do this because you're worth it. Oh God, you're so worth it. Pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. We're super glad that you decided to join us today. And if this was your first time here at Central, we just wanna say welcome to the family. We were super glad that you're here. If you're someone who during the message thought, you know what, I want to know more about Christ. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to know what it means to be forgiven. Then we want to connect with you. The easiest way is to text FORGIVEN to 94000. That way, one of our ministers can reach out to you and you can begin this conversation of knowing more about God. Here at Central, we truly believe that Jesus changes everything. We'll see you next time.